0: Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, what is an abortion anyway? We talked. Carly Manes, about how to explain it to kids. Plus, Biz can't get it done.
1: Woo! (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hi, Biz. This is a check-in. So, my son did his kindergarten orientation uh, a few weeks ago, which was very exciting. He's so excited to go to kindergarten. And one of the things that they did was they planted a sunflower seed in a little styrofoam cup to take home, and there was this beautiful poem about how when it's time to go to school, the sunflower will be as big as he is, and then Uh there'll be time. It'll be September, and the sunflower will grow. And I don't know how to take care of plants, (laughs) so I, I had to take it apart and, like, put it back together, and it's not looking great, and it just feels like so much more. To me, than just a sunflower, because of the past couple of years, I don't want it to be dead by kindergarten. Oh, yeah. I think he's long forgotten it now, but this is important to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I put it in the sun. I put some new soil around it. I'm hoping I can save it just to make the most of this coming year. Anyway, I hope you're
0: doing, a, doing
1: okay. You're doing a great job. Oh, my
0: gosh. So are you. Yeah. Oh, this is that perfect intersection of good ideas, good intentions, and practical, real-life ability to fulfill it. <laughs> this is? Okay. This is the kind of idea I would have. I would have an idea like, oh, let's send a sunflower seed out. We will grow it, and it will be great, and it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It is such a beautiful idea. I also would kill it immediately. I cannot keep a succulent alive for more than like two weeks before it's, I don't, I, it's like I poison them with my breath. I don't know what happens, but like the emotional responsibility <laughs> that comes with the sunflower for kindergarten is huge. And of course your child has probably forgotten about it. And of course, you have not. Of course. I don't even know what taking it apart means. But it doesn't sound very gardenery But, I mean, at this point, I would suggest, not that you've asked for my unsolicited advice, but go to Trader Joe's or, like, a hardware store. Get a fully grown sunflower. And then, like, the week before, like, stick it in a pot and be like... I don't know, I I had forgotten all about this, but look, it is a beautiful flower. Let's cut it, put it in a vase. To which, by the way, I couldn't cut flowers for a long time uh, because it horrified Ellis. Just gonna let that sit there. Look, I think you're doing, I think you're doing an amazing job. I think this is a classic example of Oh, my God, what an impossible task and how silly it all really is in the grand scheme of things, but also how draining it is in the grand scheme of everything. You're doing a good job, and I see you, and I see that sunflower. And I also see the teacher who thought this was a great idea, because in theory, it is an amazing idea. You're doing a great job, which leads us to thank yous. I'm gonna first give a little shout out to a caller that I wanna say thank you to. I got a call on the hotline from someone in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Roll Tide, who had been listening to our show on abortion recently. And when I was talking about like supporting like local funds that have sentimental value to me, like where I was from or where I grew up. They just called and gave me a list. I mean, I already knew about the Yellowhammer Fund that sort of covers clinics in Alabama and Mississippi and those areas, but then she gave me a list of independent clinics in Alabama like Knights and Orchids, which I had never heard of, and I'm going to go immediately look at, as well as a bunch of Virginia, and as well as some of our national abortion fund and reproductive justice funds that are out there. And I know we have linked to this before, but I will give it another shout out again. And that is Indigenous Women Rising. That is such a great resource for Indigenous people's reproductive justice and care. So There you go. Thank you for that call. That was so nice. Thank you to funds who are out there doing stuff. Thank you to teachers. Your time is up almost. (laughs) I'm so sorry. For some of you, you might have like two weeks left. For others, you might have a month. So as we head in to the new school year, I mean, that's how I know it's coming because I went to Target and all the summer stuff was gone at the end of June and it was just full of school supplies. (laughs) I was like, what the fuck? My kid's not going to like the same lunchbox theme between now and school starting. Anyway, thank you, teachers, for the job you're about to do. I really appreciate you, as well as to school administration. You guys are just carrying a lot of weight and work and juggling and balance. And I just want to say thank you for the work that you do. Libraries, librarians, as always, I love you. You're doing such an amazing job. Medical professionals, I see you. There's another surge. Course, the pandemic's not over. There, <laughs> there's another surge, not as deadly, and that is great. But guys, we're still spreading a nasty disease around. We have got—I don't know—I don't know what we've got to do. Thank medical professionals maybe put a mask on. I don't know. In a crowded indoor situation. You never know. Might help. Can't hurt. Thank you to bus drivers. You're about to get back into action. And I love you. Stay weird because you play an important role in creating childhood memories. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's where I am today. That's where I am with the thank yous. I also don't thank Gabe enough publicly on the show. Gabe, our wonderful producer, who I also want to thank for fostering dogs. He has an adorable new foster dog in his apartment named Cheddar, which is a great name for a dog. So shout out to animal foster parents. You guys are the best. Speaking Oh, there's Cheddar. (laughs) I love that dog. Okay. Speaking of loving things really more so not loving things. I am done, guys. I am broken. I'm not well. I'm not good. I mean, like, I'm functioning. I'm here. But I, we all know I don't do summer well. I kind of was hoping, you know, that as the year, it is different than prior summers. But, okay, one, I've mentioned Ellis is having some sleep issues. That is affecting my sleep as well. So that's not good. I, again, as parents, I do not think we take the sleep deprivation seriously enough. I am seeking some additional care for Ellis, maybe a little therapist for anxiety, because it seems to be uh, the root of some of the issues. But that doesn't make my baseline great when I haven't had a lot of sleep. And then, you know, I, and Stefan knows this, I get a little resentful that the children seem to be fine interrupting me at all of my jobs, (laughs) tasks, whatever, and not him. It took me an hour and 15 minutes to write an email the other day. It wasn't that big a deal of an email, but it was an email in which I was trying to write it about a volunteer opportunity at my school to get some help at the school. It, it should not have taken an hour and a half, okay? It should have <laughs> taken not that long. But that is how long it took because of the consistent interruptions. And I just say this, So that when I tell you that you are doing a good job, it is because I know the emotional and physical and mental exhaustion that comes from constant interruption. So there. (laughs) It's the midsummer Biz shows where her train of thought goes lots of places because she's not getting sleep and she's getting interrupted. And ta-da, none of that ties in nicely to what we're, <laughs> we're going to talk about. Actually, it does. We talk constantly on the show about how books can be a great resource when it comes to explaining things to kids and helping them navigate difficult situations. It can also help us a great deal in navigating difficult situations and learning how to talk to our kids. And one of the things that people are needing to find the right words for these days is how to explain what an abortion is to kids. And we have a wonderful guest, Carly Manez, who is a full-spectrum doula, who has written a book called What is an Abortion Anyway? And we're going to talk to her about that. And we're going to learn more about awesome different types of companions slash doulas. Everybody, I am so excited to be welcoming Carly Manes, who is a white, queer, Jewish, full-spectrum doula from New York. That's a mouthful on the Zoom identification. Carly has been a practicing abortion doula companion for over seven years previously co-leading the D.C. Abortion Doula Collective and currently co-leading the L.A. Abortion Support Collective. In May 2021, Carly and community artist Emulsify, who is wonderful, published the first ever gender-inclusive and medically accurate children's book about abortion care titled What is an Abortion Anyway? Currently, Carly co-leads the DAPO Abortion Doula Cooperative, an international group of abortion doulas companions working in their communities to ensure people seeking abortion care have the emotional, physical, and medical resources they need for holistic care. Carly also loves the beach, chicken tenders, and her silly pit bull, Mickey. Is it Mickey or Mikey? It's Mickey. Oh, I got one thing right today, everybody. Welcome Carly,
2: thank you so much, Elizabeth. Very happy to be here with you.
0: Oh, you know what? You can call me Biz. (gasps) Biz, beautiful, love it. I know. Oh, everybody knows my secret identity now. (laughs) And you can call Mickey, Mikey, whatever you want. I'm gonna call it a beautiful beast. All right, before we get into all of your amazing work and all of my amazingly obvious questions, <laughs> because that's the role I like to play in the world. Who lives in your house?
2: So I am lucky enough to live here. Um, <laughs> I live with my wonderful partner, Mo, they, them. Um, they're a true gem. And then we live with our very silly, as you mentioned, pit yes. bull named Mickey. She is currently whining at my door to try to go outside, but she just got a bath yesterday. Oh, so damn. I'm really trying to... Capitalize on this like pristine fur situation. So, yeah. no outdoors for Mickey right now.
0: Yeah, that's actually how I treat my kids. I'm like, <laughs> you are clean, so you don't get to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's the opposite. I was like, Ella's, you stink. I, when was the last bath? <laughs> I is summer kids, rarely bathed. And everyone who listens knows I just don't wash his hair. <laughs> just. I just gave up on that one. Yeah. I did really well in a lot of other parenting checklists. That one, I just, not a, a winner. All right. Carly. Yes. You do and have done a lot of amazing work. So I'm going to start by saying thank you for doing all the work that you're doing because oh. it's incredible. Um. Everybody who has ever listened to this show, especially from the beginning, knows I didn't really understand doulas, and I didn't really... I'm a comedian, so it came with a lot of, like, sort of bitter, sardonic, you know, opinions of doulas and the necessary... You know, like an asshole. Yeah. Oh, like a total <laughs> asshole. And I've had the amazing opportunity from doing the show to learn that I was being an asshole and that there are some real benefits and services. But once again, I am stopped by my limited knowledge of the work that doulas do. So I want to start with what, A, what is a full spectrum doula? What does that mean? I feel like I should know.
2: Yeah. Well, I just want to affirm you in that I sometimes still have those opinions about doulas <laughs> and myself. So you're in good company. I think a lot of people do. So a full spectrum doula is someone who, it can mean different things to different folks, but generally I would say colloquially what we mean when we say full spectrum is someone who supports people through all pregnancy outcomes. Additionally, that could also include you know, life transitions. So yeah. you'll hear people often refer to themselves as death doulas, birth doulas, abortion doulas, miscarriage doulas. I've heard the term book doula. So we're what kinda is just that? Doulifying everything. You've helping somebody
0: get through writing a book?
2: Yes. Actually, oh that's my exactly God. what well, it so is. Are
0: there, are there menopause doulas? Yes, actually, there are
2: menopause doulas. Holy shit! Yeah, they're much more popular in Europe, but I bet. Um, there I bet. are. <laughs> so you can find yourself a nice, probably Danish menopause doula. But I we, we do are working. Danish menopause doula. Um, <laughs> there, there is, I would say, a thoughtful and concerted effort for some awesome folks in the U.S. who are training to popularize more this idea of. Menopause duel is because I think, as you're alluding to, we do not talk about menopause enough. No one has any idea what's happening to their bodies. And it's a very normal, natural thing that a majority of people in this country and the world go through. Yeah, so, yeah. But
0: it only happens to female bodies. So, fuck that. So, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, it doesn't matter. Just historically. Exactly. Especially once you stop shooting out eggs. Yeah. It really doesn't yeah. matter. So, no. Oh. You're
2: no use to us anymore. You're, you're no
0: use. Uh, we're going to have a good time. Okay. All right, so you've explained full-spectrum doula, which I really yeah. appreciate. Are there, and did you just say this, I would assume now hearing all about the doulas, are there doulas for people who are going through gender transitioning? People, there sure are, Oh, Absolutely. that's amazing. Yeah, they
2: are also fertility doulas, so that's often utilized, I think, by folks who don't have access to either sperm or egg in their primary relationship, so helping people figure out. How do you make a human when you don't have all of the genetic components readily accessible? Um, So, figuring out the IVF process and, you know, um, IUIs and all these like very funky medical terms. But yeah, there's actually a really awesome doula on Instagram called The Gender Doula. And there you could go and learn about gender affirming surgeries and what this person offers, which is like supporting people through. The again highly yeah. medicalized nightmare of insurance of figuring out how do you you know live in your body comfortably and get the medically necessary care to do that.
0: Oh my god, I love doulas. There's a doula
2: for everything. Biz. theres
0: isn't. I'm so happy to know that though. That's like, but that's that's such a wonderful personalized advocacy, like self. Like we're always like you know how do you get to feel like a self again i mean i would i would take like a a doula who could help me figure that out but like there's so much isolation put on all of us whether that is societal isolation or our own induced isolation because of uh, I- any number of reasons mm-hmm. and i know for me stepping out of the like Super jerky view I had of what a doula is. What I'm learning is that it's just like having somebody who knows all the stuff help you not be isolated in the thing that you're going through. And I, yeah. that's magic. That's the yeah. like magic thing.
2: I think the other component of that too is for me, one of the core roles of a doula is, is, is you're right, like having accurate knowledge that is unbiased, and then the other piece is non-judgmentally, right? So right. like when you're going through whatever process you're going through in your life's journey, doulas, if they're a good doula, um, sh- and if we're good people generally, yeah, I would if say. Yeah, we're good people in general. Yeah, we're good yeah. people, um, <laughs> we should be coming to other people's life scenarios with non-judgment, compassion, right. and respect for whatever decision or outcomes come forth.
0: Yeah. And, you know, because we're all pretty good at our own self-judgment, so we we don't need anybody to bring in more judgment. Absolutely, you know, I've got the whole rolodex of things I'm yep. judging myself about. Yep. So all I... the doulas need doulas too. Yeah, I know, no I thought, is is there a doula doula? There's.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, certainly. Like I would say within communities of doulas, and and I also want to honor that the word doula is actually pretty complex, and a lot of us. Yeah, I think depending on who you are, I actually have moved away. From using the term doula, I use more so the, the term companion. Oh. So, an abortion companion. Doula, the term itself, has a pretty rich and complicated and oppressive history. Okay. The term itself is actually a Greek word that was referred to usually as female slave. And those origins come from the usage of predominantly women's bodies. Yeah. Female bodies for any piece of labor that needed to happen socially, also for actually supporting people through birth. But yeah, I, I think that when I describe a doula, often what comes to mind is just like really good people. Yeah, like essentially like everyone just needs good people. And we all have components of what a doula is bringing. I think the one thing is doulas have highly specialized and researched knowledge and lived experience in an area in particular, but we all have that, right? Like Biz, you're probably a comedic doula at this point, all those, Mm. you know, getting up on stage and how do you get through an open mic and all that kind of good (laughs) stuff. I'm sure you could coach someone with non-judgment and love and respect and affirmation as they do that for the first time. I'm just
0: trying to focus
2: that on my kids at this
0: point in time, (laughs) just like I'm their, their like life doula. Exactly. Actually, actually, I really appreciate the insight on the usage of the term doula. It doesn't surprise me that it... (laughs) Guys, where are we in the world? We are pretty much in the world now where every time we utter a new word or an old word, especially old words, there's probably a little something-something we should be mindful of. And and guess what? It's worth checking it out. What did we learn last week? That sometimes we just are on autopilot and we're driving in the wrong direction. And we'll get there, but we just have to fucking turn around and we're going to show up a little late. So bring wine. (laughs) All right. Here's my next question for you, and that is: I want to talk about the book. The can I tell you? All right. The book. What's an abortion anyway? I, I have to tell you, I made a horrible mistake of Googling the book. <laughs> I'm gonna say that you're leading the leading search responses are not what I would say are, are very pro this book. And I watched a horrible little man read it out loud with full commentary. And one of my... <laughs> I, of course, talking I, back yeah. to him. I've watched he... it too. Yeah. Yeah. So the book starts talking, starts with talking about like, hey, who is the book for? What is abortion? Blah, blah, blah. But then like one of the parts was about all the different bodies that have abortions. And big surprise, this jerk had very limited ideas of what that could mean. He did the wrong thing. He said, what do you mean different genders? There's women, there's girls, And there's female. That's it. I'll just let that sit with everybody for a while. Because as we've all learned from Reimagine Gender, (laughs) it's really women is the only gender in there. Female is the actual physical sex. Anywho, aren't we glad we're learning? I'm getting nodded at by Carly because I'm showing her how much knowledge I have gone out to try and seek. But my favorite question was, he said, how are you supposed to explain that to a child? And I was like, with words. (laughs) So horrible people aside, because I do kind of want to talk about response. I would, I would like to start by honoring the book and being like, "Tell us the story behind." I mean, guys, I can guess what the story is, but it's a very interviewee question. Tell us about the origin of the book and who it's for, and all of those important things.
2: Yeah, happy to. So, Biz, I did what you did way earlier in my journey when I <laughs> first started as a abortion companion slash doula. So, yeah. 2015, I started volunteering at clinics, in yeah. independent clinics in Virginia, and my first time being in a, in a medical setting with abortion, and often the folks that I was supporting would have kids because, as we yeah. know, the majority, majority, majority of, of people of abortions- have children, um, or are caretakers of some sort. Right. And as we also know, childcare is very, very, very expensive in this country and very inaccessible to many people.
0: Oh, so like almost everybody. Yeah. Like on some level. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's so Um, fucked up.
2: It's so (laughs) fucked up. And people would often bring their kids to the abortion clinic because where else do you take your kids when you have a doctor's appointment and there's no one available to watch them? That's right. Exactly. So- Folks would ask me, you know, I have a kid in the waiting room or I have kids at home or if I want to talk about why we're here today, what this is, do you have any recommendations or suggestions? And I was like, in my early 20s, was not a caretaker of my own, you know, of of little ones of my own. And I was like, that's a great question. As a doula, my job is to have knowledge. Where does a millennial who needs some knowledge go? They go to Google. (laughs) Right. So I Googled like how to talk to kids about abortion. And the only content that I got is, as you sort of referred to, is that when you Google anything around kids and abortion, you're going to get a whole lot of anti-abortion content. Oh, my
0: God. It's so horrible. It's so
2: horrible. So the only book (laughs) that I found that was for young ones about abortion was a book called I'm a Pro-Life Kid, Mm -hmm. which was not going to fly for my patients. Right. And then other than that, there was pretty much nothing. It was just like a whole lot of anti-abortion content. And so- You know, I kind of came up with some phrases and sayings on my own, but every couple of months I would go back to Google and see, like, has anyone created anything anything? yet? Like, this is, you know, one pretty important resource out in the world. When I go to children's bookstores and when I go to the library, why is there nothing in the resource section in line with pregnancy, miscarriage, all other outcomes of of a pregnancy? Like, it should be alongside there with the books about birth for little ones. And so- after two years went by and I kept on getting the same question, I was like, time's up. Like, I just need to make something because at this yeah. point it feels irresponsible to kind of just like <laughs> keep on making up the shit on my own. And so I started writing a book in a Google Doc <laughs> and I consulted with a ton of young people themselves, parents, abortion providers, child psychologists yeah. to make sure that because I, I am not a children's book author. I am like... One person in the world who just happens to go to an abortion clinic on Saturdays and hold people's hands, like, yeah. definitely not an area of expertise. You're just a person
0: in the world who saw there was a hole. Something exactly. was missing. Exactly. And you're, I hate to tell you, you're a hand raiser. And that's, <laughs> I am a hand and raiser. And that's good. I'm a hand raiser as well. You see it? Yeah. And you, like, yeah. look around and you go, is anybody going to know anything about that? That's I'll exactly right. I'll give everybody right. a second. I'll give everybody 10 seconds to raise their hand. No one? Yeah, I gave no. them two years to raise their I hands, know, and now I, I, I didn't. It's, it's really <laughs> fair. So
2: yeah. I wrote this book. I felt really, really good about the content. And I want to be clear that the intention of this book was to be a foundational resource. I didn't want it to be a narrative. I didn't want yeah. it to be about one quote-unquote woman story of abortion. Like Because there was nothing already out there, I wanted it to be a foundation where it's sort of like a blank canvas where this gives you a foundational setting for a conversation where you can expand on that as much as you want when you're talking to a little one. And so I felt really good about it. And I sent it to over 400 book agents and over 20 independent presses, and not a single person was interested in it. Not a single person wanted to touch this book. And yeah, it was. I mean, I certainly was pretty heartbreaking. I tried for about three years. And then in 2019, I had or I co-organized this conference that brought together abortion doulas and companions from North America, all over North America, and I met a brilliant artist there named Mar. Their artist and community artistry name is Emulsify, and I tried pitching this book for so long, and the reason that it didn't originally have illustrations is because I was told that when you pitch a, a children's book to an agent, yeah. you don't want to have illustrations already because they like to do that piece where they... They look at your words and then a part of the publishing process is that they help you get illustrations. Mm -hmm. So I was pretty clear at that point that no agent was picking up on this book. So we were going to have to do it ourselves in community. And so I asked Mar if they would be interested in being the illustrator for the words and they graciously said yes. And we had this book. So we decided to go ahead, co-create it. It took about a year to put the illustrations with the words and we got it up on Kickstarter in May 2021, and now mm-hmm. there's a physical books book in thousands of homes and hundreds of abortion clinics around the country, and yeah. soon in many public libraries.
0: I love it. Everybody knows what I tell you to do. Get three copies. One for yourself, one for your library, and one for your school. Oh, how fast has that been put on the banned list? Is that uh, it like already actually, banned?
2: You know, Biz, it's so funny that you asked that. In... I think it was like July, 2021, someone sent an article to me that was like, just want you to know that the, like this like small school district in Virginia had a school board meeting and your book was the example around banned books. And I was like, our book isn't even out. It, it, yeah, yes. it's not even out. It's like, not even in it, their school. No, it's still being printed in China. Like I, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, cert- and it's certainly not in their school. So I'm like flattered.
0: Yeah, no, it, the, by the way, the illustration is very beautiful. And it's a funny, it reminded me like so much of uh, my former co host of the show, Teresa Thorne. She came out with the book, same situation. There's a whole, it feels good to be yourself, which is a book about gender identity. And their artist, Noah Gringy, they, them pronoun- like, it, it just this beautiful, full of color, mm. full of, you know, different bodies, full of just like, it, they're both just, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful book. All right. I'm with you. When I read it, I was like, it is a children's book. However, it's not a children's book in the sense that it is a book for me. A person with kids in my house. Like, I guess I've been talking to my children about abortion and bodies and everything else forever. Turns out it's not a huge deal. But like, I have a tendency when I have not been given good words to instead force my children to listen to my rant and rage about, <laughs> about all the things that come from all the different directions when it comes to reproductive justice. And with the abortion, I've had some language to use, but again, a lot of it's wrapped up in me being like pissed. And so what is so nice about this book is you could take almost any page from it and memorize the language to use when you're talking with a, a child of any age, right? Is it a, let's sit down and read it before bed every night? I don't know, depends, depends on your kid. Mine went through a big like biology phase. But is it a book when you're out talking and somebody wants to talk to you about it to, as a resource? And it's, it's so helpful. So you did a very good job at that.
2: Thank you. That's that's the intention. The intention was to be helpful. <laughs>
0: yes! <Yeah. laughs> How oh, dare you be helpful? I know. Obviously, people who are anti-abortion and it doesn't mean they're in the same category. People who are uneducated about Reproductive care and basically female body biological systems, how they work, and people who are just angry and want to focus things at people. I know you've gotten a lot of that feedback. Tell me about the positive feedback. Tell me about the people like me who are so thankful that you wrote this book.
2: Yeah, it's been really beautiful and heartwarming. We've gotten a lot of really beautiful feedback. We actually just got an order from the Brooklyn Public Library and New York City Public Libraries nice. for copies of the book, which was really special. But it's funny when you said like this is not a book that you read at bedtime, which is certainly this was not intended to be like but You
0: can read it at you bedtime. Everybody, but Absolutely. it's not a narrative. Yeah. But it's I not mean, a narrative. Just, yeah.
2: Exactly. Again, like the intention for this book. Abortion is inherently political, and therefore it's a political book, but this is not a book about political values. This is a book simply about this is what an abortion is. It's a resource (laughs) book. This is what an abortion is. (laughs) This is why some people have abortions. This is how some people feel about their abortions. And in our house, in this family, our value set is love, compassion, and respect. Done. That's it. But it's funny. We got a message from uh, a parent who... Had just shared that their two-year-old had requested to read this book like four nights in a row. I think it certainly likely has to do with the beautiful illustrations that Mom has created. They're very colorful, very gorgeous. But that's all to say that like people have shared with us that they've, that they've used this book in a lot of different ways. And yeah, you know, some people have their little ones read the book on their own, and then ask you know questions. have a converse exactly ask questions, have a conversation after. Some people are reading it together with little ones. But the feedback that I think has been the most heartwarming is from providers, abortion providers themselves. I
0: bet. That makes sense.
2: Yeah. There was a really beautiful article that one published that I didn't even know if the book was mentioned in until a friend sent me the article. And I can't remember the publication. It might have been Slate. But an abortion provider in California had written about how do you talk to your kids about what you do? Like, what what your parents' job is when your parents' job is providing abortion and there's so much social narrative around how evil yeah. abortion is. And they just said this book really gave them the language and affirmation to talk about abortion with their kids in a way that felt affirming of their job, their home values. It's funny, when you, when you talk about reviews, when you go on Amazon, the book was listed on Amazon not too long ago, it is a 50-50 split oh, of yeah. like three... Or like two and a half or three stars, it is either five stars or zero stars. Oh, zero stars. <laughs> <laughs> um, exactly. Ooh, so way to
0: cover the spread.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, but the people ordering it for their local libraries, yeah. people ordering it for their schools, people giving it as gifts. We just get a ton of emails in our inbox slash Instagram messages from folks that are finding this book to be a really helpful resource, especially right now yeah. when the word abortion is just swirling a little bit more in our public sphere and in yeah. news. So it's been really warming, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I I am so sad that this is a great time to access your book. I wish it was one of many. Me too. And I wish there, there were narrative books out there. That is heartwarming, but it is also reminds me that a lot of these providers are having to explain to their children not only what their job is, but that that job now has this inherent danger to it. It's unimaginable. Having that resource of this book, I just think is a gift. And I appreciate that you raised your hand There's been no book that's
2: been published by a publisher that you can find in a bookstore outside of independent bookstores that have emailed me to order from the website. Like, there's no... I don't, what a penguin what are i don't yeah. know what publisher names are. there's no like yes. penguin book <laughs> um on abortion when we we god we really tried
0: oh by the way publishers you can always turn the car around always always turn the car around yes. there's a book written <laughs> it's done it's yeah. ready to come to you she won't deny you the opportunity certainly not we would
2: Oh, if I didn't have to distribute it on my own out of oh. like my little house with my dog and my partner and have a million boxes everywhere. Yeah. There actually is one resource and that would be Amaze Parents. I don't oh, know. Oh, if... they're
0: so great. Yeah. We've also had them on the show. They oh, fantastic. are yeah. the best, but you're
2: right. Yeah. So they have, they have a video on abortion. It is more geared towards that like 11 to 13 yeah. age range. So there really is nothing for that like five six seven eight which is more Mm. what this book is geared towards but i always always want to do a shout to amaze they're incredible
0: they are absolutely amazing well thank you of course thanks for having me thanks for all the work you're doing and for the joy everybody you got a couple of jobs to do here what have we talked about you want to be an activist you want to support You go and you buy the books. The publishers know that you want more books like this. You go and you buy your three copies, library, school, own personal bookshelf. And now, just for fun, I think we should all go out and make sure that we are five-starring and reviewing to, like, shut down. I mean, what a fun thing to do with a glass of wine or a coffee. Just get on there. Do some Google searches. Maybe post some things on these horrible YouTube videos. You know, it's going to be fun. You don't get to yell at your kids. Yell at these people. It's a
2: delight. And Biz, you have another job, which is to train as a doula.
0: Oh, I know. Now I'm like, (laughs) I thought we had somebody else on here. Oh, I'm a horrible host. I can't ever remember. You know what it is about the doula idea that I like the most is when you use the word companion. Because I do think, and this is true, and this is why... There's not that section in the library or on the bookshelves because we historically are not supposed to talk about miscarriage, about what happens to our bodies after pregnancies, well, uh, what happened
2: <laughs> children's what?
0: book on postpartum depression? Oh, yeah. Postpartum depression, menopause, pain when you jump up and down. I mean, just do not talk about it because. Ick, right? There should be that because that's what we always tell people go to the library, go use your resources, find your books, help your kids get prepared for kindergarten, help your kids get prepared, right? Like books are magic and we need more of them out there to help us openly talk about things that are perfectly normal. <laughs> totally. yeah. So, yay! Uh, everybody, we will link you up to where you can get those three copies. Of what is an abortion anyway? <laughs> as well as the other organizations that Carly works with, as well as clearly we need to have a guest on to talk about doula and gender affirming work. God, ah, that's amazing. So, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Okay. I organized a movie night for Stefan and I for Stefan's birthday. We went to a movie theater. Now, mind you, (laughs) it's one of the only movie theaters open in our city right now that is and it's like one of those fancy like you get to sit like in a little shell like two seats in a recline and you can order food it's like all very fancy schmancy Uh, we have not returned to movie theaters yet that is not within our comfort level so this was our first venture out and we saw Thor and that was a lot of fun and we had a really nice time out. And, you know, it was a big step for us. And uh, that feels like a genius to me.
3: Hi, Biz and Teresa. I'm calling with a genius. Uh, I am a mom of two under two, a three-month-old and a 21-month-old. And recently, a friend came to visit, a friend that I knew from work 10 years ago before having kids, before being married, before even meeting my husband. Um, And I was showing him around the town where I live now, and we passed this restaurant, and I said, oh, they make really good burgers. And he said, oh, well, do you want to get lunch there? And I really hesitated. I had the baby in a baby carrier, so I didn't even have the stroller for the baby. The toddler was in the (laughs) stroller, but all I had was like a light tote bag, diaper bag with bare essentials. I didn't have the big mega diaper bag with the toys and the snacks and all this stuff and I really thought like I don't know that my kids are going to survive the amount of time it's going to take to get a meal and then you know I thought fuck it let's just do it I can't live in and not be spontaneous anymore and not ever do things outside of my own house anymore and so I warned my friend like let's ask them to bring the check when they bring the meal and that way we can pay and if we need to extirpate ourselves because my children are melting, then we can do that. Um, But it was totally fine. And that was my genius, was just (laughs) trying a thing. This could have been so easily a fail call. This could so easily have been my kids were monsters and I can never go to this restaurant again. But it wasn't. (laughs) They were totally chill and we had a nice meal and I got to catch up with my friends and then we got to leave and, and it was all totally fine. So... Uh, You guys are doing a great job, and
0: surprisingly, I am
3: too. Bye.
0: Oh, my God. You are doing such a great job. That, you know, it falls into the category of trying to explain that particular type of genius to anyone who hasn't had kids in their house or has had kids and forgot. Everything? You mean you didn't just go to the restaurant? I have said. I mean, I would say that like ninety percent of my existence since having kids has just said no to things because it's the threat of the amount of work it might entail is sometimes more than I personally can handle. And I just see you. I think it is amazing that you decided to do it also the genius of just saying to your friend look we're gonna ask for the check when the food comes we're gonna have our escape plan set up that's setting some expectations which i think is so good and you also deserve to be a person in the world who gets to eat food in a restaurant even though you have kids you are doing a really good job failures fail 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 Suck, fail me, me. Uh, all right, well, I don't know where do we want to go today, guys. Where's the failure? It could be that I feel like somehow I've never gonna get sleep again, and I've somehow fucked up. Like I'm not being strong enough. I'm not being firm enough. I'm not setting enough boundaries. Or like somehow. The sleep stuff is, is my fault. And by the way, I know it's not, I know developmentally, this is a phase that sometimes kids go through. And I also know that, but that's not what this segment is about. This segment is about the voice in my head that says, uh, somehow you are to blame and you have done something incorrect. And as a result of what you've done, this is just a sign of the fact that you, your actions will raise a kid who will grow into an adult who expects uh, a ton of privilege. <laughs> that's where my brain goes. So yes, I, I guess my fail is by, I don't know, not slamming the door on my child who's having sleep anxiety is going to mean that he's going to grow up and... Be like that jerk on that we talked about in the interview who, like, mocks really great books for kids. There. Sorry. Yep. Yeah, I'll never sleep again.
4: <laughs> oh, do I have a fail. So <laughs> I have a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and I'm pregnant with number three. And this morning, I decided to take them to the park nice and early before it got hot. And our, actually, that's already a fail. Like, why did I think we could leave the house yeah. and do things? But in, anyway, <laughs> we played at the park. <laughs> we had the meltdown down over whether it's, not, if it's time to leave the park or not. I dragged them back to, the, uh, back to the van. I take my two-year-old, buckle him into the car seat, you know, all the buckles, get him nice and tight. Tell my four-year-old to get in the car, and he's weirdly resistant. He won't do it. He won't get into the car seat. So we... The thing where I'm like saying it over and over again and getting mad and like finally he climbs in and sits down and I go to buckle him and I realize why he wouldn't get into the car seat. It is, and you know how I realize it? It's because he tells me. My four-year-old says, "You switched car seats." (gasps) I had taken my two-year-old and buckled him into his brother's like forward-facing booster seat, which he is comically (laughs) tiny for. And I did not notice. I just I just didn't notice. And then I put my four year old into my two year old's rear facing car seat and his legs are up on the damn headrest. And I still didn't notice. The four year old had to tell me that they were in the wrong car seats. Then I had to switch them, which went unbuckling and rebuckling and just oh, super brain. So anyway, I'm failing at leaving the house and doing things, but I don't know why I expected anything else. Love the show. Bye.
0: Okay, yes, you're doing a horrible job. A, why leave the house at all? Okay, that's your first, your first fail. And <laughs> see, that's what I'm talking about. It took me an hour to write an email, an hour and 15 minutes to write an email. And you are just sticking kids in the wrong car seat. It, it makes total sense to me. It makes perfect, logical sense. Yeah you are failing. (laughs) You're failing at getting your kids back in the car. You're failing at leaving the house. You're failing at listening to your four-year-old try and tell you that you're failing. So that's a perfect circle.
1: You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I... phone i love you
3: i love you hi my name is graham clark and i'm one half of the podcast stop podcasting yourself a show that we've recorded for many many years and uh, at the moment instead of being in person we're recording remotely and uh, you wouldn't even notice you don't even notice the lag That's right, Graham. And uh, the great thing about uh, this, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. And, okay, go ahead. And you can listen to us uh, every week on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Your podcasts. Hi, it's me. Dave Hill, from before. Here to tell you about my brand new show on Maximum Fun, the Dave Hill Good Time Hour, which combines my old Maximum Fun show, Dave Hill's podcasting incident, with my old radio show, The Goddamn Dave Hill Show, into one new futuristic program from the future. If you like delightful conversation with incredible guests, technical difficulties, and actual phone calls from real-life listeners, you've just hit a street called easy. I'm also joined by my incredible co-host, the boy criminal Chris Gersbeck. Say hi, Chris. Hey, Dave. It's really great That's to- That's enough, Chris. And New Jersey chicken rancher, Des. Say hi, Des. Hey, Dave. Dave Hill Good Time Hour. Brand new episodes every Friday on Maxim Fun. Plus, the show's not even an hour. It's 90 minutes. Take that, stupid rules. We
1: nailed it.
0: All right, everybody. It's time for a rant. Hi,
1: this is a rant um or maybe a breakdown. I have um four children who are ages six, four, two and one. Um and I also just got a promotion at work, which is amazing, but also took a lot of work to get and um work fit up in my new role. And um you know my husband is also amazing, but um mornings aren't really sustained, so I spend all of our mornings, you know, making sure everybody's doing what they need to do and helping everybody out and all of that. And I just, the other day I walked into our bedroom and told my husband that I'm just feeling, you know, emotionally claustrophobic and he started laughing and he said he didn't know what that means. And, like, I don't know how to explain it to him because it's just,
4: we're in right now. Thank you for having us talk
0: on you're welcome. You're doing a great job. I understand what you mean. <laughs> also, I like my partner doesn't do mornings. <laughs> like, What is he, Garfield? <laughs> but I also get that. That's also fair. I 100% understand the emotionally claustrophobic. That's I'm pretty sure what I've been talking about all day on the show with the emails and the constant interruptions. And like, because it's invisible, because it's like this thing that we don't place value on that, or that we we choose to recognize the the interruptions, the emotional regulating of others, the demands of work because you're trying to think of this new job. Congratulations, by the way, this promotion. And it is like driving your car through a hailstorm, right? Like, you you know you got to get there, but you're, you can't... It's not a relaxing ride. There's not enough space to think about directions because you are being pelted with emotional stones left and right, left and right, right? And... We carry and we juggle all of the, like, how will this affect this person? How is this person, affect, who's going to take care of this? Will this even be seen? What do my kids need? What does my partner need? What do I need? Are there pets? I need to get to work, but I can't even get this email answered correctly, right? Like that, it's noise. To me, it has a very physical feel of, like, if noise had a mass to it, that is what that, like, that pressure, that feeling, and it makes perfect sense that it would lead to feeling claustrophobic, like you can't breathe, like you can't move, like you, like, it's just pressing down on you. So I get it. I see you, and I hear you and I think you're doing such a good job. You're doing such a good job. Everybody, this is a lot. It's a lot. And you have the right to feel like it's a lot. You have the right to not know all the answers. You have the right to resources that help you find answers. And you have the right to feel seen by everybody. This is not easy. It's really hard. And there are some wonderful moments. And there are fun moments. And we get to see, like, two years ago, we got Raiden into therapy for some anxiety issues they were having. And, like, to see the difference now, to see just the developmental difference, just with or without the therapy, to like be on the other side of that, to see how that's helped, to see how they handled a situation that would have put them on the floor two years ago. We need to celebrate those moments and those moments are all around us and they are good. And that is how you know you're doing a good job when you see those little moments here and there. But it can also be hard to sit and enjoy those moments, when those moments are followed immediately by just normal, not so all there (laughs) moments, right? Like whatever's new, whatever's around the corner. Like Stefan and I keep joking about that phrase we've talked about on the show before that I think we're turning a corner. I now think we're turning a corner, but I'm not sure what's around the corner is anything that I want to see or find, or engage with, or figure out, or I don't know. It's just a lot. And that's why we're here, to validate that feeling and to remind each other we're doing a good job and to remind each other that we have no idea what the person next to you in line dealt with that morning, be it putting kids in the wrong car seat, the loss of a loved one, or having been interrupted 250 times in an hour. And yeah, they need an extra second ordering their coffee, okay? Or they need an extra second at the red light before you aggressively honk at them, okay? Or they need to leave their grocery cart in the middle of the fucking street. I don't know, all right? But you're all doing a good job and I will talk to you next week. Bye. (laughs)
4: I got to low down, mama blues. I got to low down, mama blues. Got to low down, mama blues. Low down, mama blues. Got to low down, mama blues. Got to low down, mama blues. You know that right.